Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokov, your host, and today, coming from upstate New York, we have Tracy Owens. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Tracy has an uncanny ability to uplift others. Her eclectic personality, positive outlooks, and storytelling ability bring smiles to thousands of people in her online and physical communities. She has a degree in psychology from the State University of New York in Oneonta, is involved in community theater, and has worked with children in environmental education and wilderness therapy. She has worked hard to overcome the many challenges of bipolar disorder and has a success story worthy to share. After her diagnosis, Tracy ended up on disability, discouraged and chronically depressed. Thankfully, she was inspired to reimagine herself and use the time to grow and heal. She is now in remission for Bipolar One. To share all that she has learned, she started a business called Uplift with Tracy as a mindfulness coach and is currently working on growing her business and becoming a public speaker, uh, sorry, a public speaker, a published author. Most importantly, she takes great joy in raising her daughter to be strong physically, mentally, and spiritually. And she has many gorgeous animals. Oh. I have a few pictures of them. Her chickens are black and white. Go check her out on Facebook. Absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. I was this close to doing this podcast with them out back. <laughs> <laughs> They would have loved to make an appearance. Isaiah would love to, for sure. Okay, so today on Real Talk, Real Women Breaking the Silence Around Abuse, we are going to share with you the part of her story that was usually hidden and how to and how to empower ourselves to get back our power to choose and to be whoever we want to be not who we are used to be, <laughs> to actually break free from bipolar one, which is an actual diagnosis with all the medical community coming around and figuring out how to help you and get out of that. But Tracy is now in remission from that, meaning she has overcome and she does not fit the description of it anymore. It's an absolute amazing success story. So, Tracy, thank you for being here today. It's thank truly you. an honor to have you. So, let's start by the beginning. Start at the beginning. What kind of childhood did you have when you grew up? Super happy, super complicated. I had, that's a good question. I had a really wonderful childhood. I grew up on a dairy farm. And I remember having baby ducks that I would, you know, nurse back to health. And we'd go search for kittens in the barns and tame them. And uh, it was a really great childhood. I was very involved in all kinds of things at school, theater and, and, and art, lots of art projects and bands. It was, it was a wonderful childhood. It was kind of magical, actually. So. It's amazing. Thank and you. you grew up on a farm, meaning so much in contact with nature in so many ways. And we can see that as well in your surrounding, in your living room. You brought the forest inside your living room. 
Yes, I don't. I live in the city now, so um, I'm hoping someday to live back outside of the city. That's one of my dreams, you know. And um, but I get out there all the time. Every single day, I go for a hike um, to a rock quarry and just immerse myself into the nature. And I I brought it into my living room. So I can, it could be a, a happy, toxic free environment for myself. You know, I really truly tried to make this my home and make it a happy space. Yeah, I love that you recognize it. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I totally do. I truly appreciate that. And um, so, super happy childhood, connected to nature, connected to animals, like present magical. That's amazing. And then, did you revolt during uh, during teenage years or how did you go? Um, well, everything was really good in my teenage years, right up until junior year of high school, when the pressures of college and what are you going to choose for your, your future career? And, um, and I felt like, well, how can I choose just one thing? I have all these I have so many dreams and aspirations and things that I want to do. How do I choose just one thing? And um, I, whew, that's, that's a whole nother story. Wow. Um, I was invited to be a part of a, a summer school of sorts. And I ended up standing on a stage in front of a bunch of girls and I started improvising a speech um, instead of reading from a piece of paper that we had already. I thought I could improvise. And I ended up being booed off the stage. And that just crushed me because I never had that kind of. Oh, it was so embarrassing, you know? And that kind of triggered, that did trigger some emotions in me. And I ended up with all the stress from worrying about the future and realizing that life's not always cupcakes and rainbows uh, and that there are kind of mean people out there. You know, there's people that judge you and laugh at you and, and don't have your best interests in mind. That was all new to me. That was mind boggling that that evil kind of exists out there. And I end up having a mental breakdown in junior year. And I got through it. My mother helped me. But that was the first um, form of mental illness that started um, manifesting in my life. Yeah. But you did not recognize it as mental illness. You recognized it as, okay, just a low of life. We have some low, some high. That's normal, normal existence. Okay, you have like quite a low. Mom is going to help you, oh. going to get back on track. Everything is going to be all right. Okay, get out of it. And you did. It, it, I did. It was very serious, though. It was um, psychosis. Uh, I didn't think I could ever get out of this darkness. I would, I would be rocking in the corner of the room. It was absolutely terrifying. Um, so it wasn't a normal just depression, a normal low. It was, it was very, very severe. And even my mother thought that maybe 
that I wouldn't come out of it, that it was going to be a permanent um, disabling, you know, because she worked with, uh, she worked with mental, the mentally ill back, um, back in the 60s. And she's seen some things. So she, we were very concerned about me. Okay. But lo and behold, I did get through it. I finished my, um, my senior year and I went to college. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you got out of the first monumental crisis. Okay. Then college. Did you get another one? Yeah, same thing. Very similar. Uh, junior year, starting to worry about what am I going to do after college and um, had another little episode. Mm -hmm. Okay. But. And from there, now you are about 18, 19, 20 years old in that, in that region of age because now you're in college, you are you are growing, you are becoming an adult, a young adult, and you are supposed yeah. to know it all. <laughs> we, are, we are like majority, 18 plus, we good. Yeah, we not. But anyway, how was your early 20s? Oh, well, um, started out really good. I worked in environmental education, and then I worked with wilderness in a wilderness therapy school with troubled kids. And um, started having, you know, more relationships. And it was good until uh, this one relationship. Okay. And yes, and that really triggered a lot in me. Um, you want me to go into that story, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> you are breaking the silence around abuse. What are you hiding voluntarily and you don't want people to know because you are so embarrassed by it? And the fact of saying it, it's like everybody say, yeah, because me too. <laughs> but this is the only way to reach out to the heart of those who are hiding in plain sight. So yes. what happened with that first relationship that all hell break loose? So... It was wonderful at first. We would go across the country, uh, the Virginia countryside in our Jeep and we'd go dancing. And, you know, I would, I would share things on social media, how nice it is. And, um, but then things started getting a little rocky and then, you know, you're afraid to share those things because it's not so ideal. And one day, I came home, came back to his house on my days off from the wilderness therapy school and I found him cooking and it wasn't dinner. It was methamphetamine. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, so it's just amazing how things can change so rapidly. And and being a naive uh, young person, I... I believed him when he said this was the last time he was ever going to do it. And I think a lot of women do that. You know, they think they, they stick with it, even though how severe, how serious that is, but you stay because you love them and you want to believe them. And well, one day uh, I found meth in the oven again and it turned into a big argument and we're yelling at each other and following each other around the house, you know, yelling. And it escalated to the point where he pulled out 
a pistol. And I didn't even know he owned. And he put it to his own head and he said, tell me to shoot. I told him, everything's going to be okay. Put down the gun. And he ended up leaving. And I'm left there flabbergasted like, wow, how how much this escalated. And luckily and thankfully, I decided to get my stuff and get out. So I grabbed all my stuff, put it in my little Ford Focus, and I left, not knowing where I was going to go, what I was going to do. And so technically, I was homeless at that point on my uh, on my days off. I had nowhere to go. But that was the smartest decision, you know? Um, and I still loved him. I still wanted the best for him. I wanted, I wanted things to work out still, even though how serious that is. And it would have been easy to, to keep going back because we had such good times together. Um, but I chose, I chose to stay away from that. That was a big learning experience. And through that experience, that's when I decided I was going to start praying because I had been agnostic for, yes, for many, that many years. That is a big change. That is a huge one. That is a big change. So basically that experience of that, actually that rock bottom. Yes. When you found yourself sleeping in your car during your days off because you had nowhere to go because I understand that your wilderness therapy was where you were living but when you were not living there you were supposed to be elsewhere and that elsewhere was at your boyfriend and if there is no boyfriend there is no more home I get it so that moment in time instead of revolting instead of falling much more much lower you actually turned to prayer and to try to figure out if that God is true. Yeah. Wow. That's exactly, you know, that is actually amazing to think about that at a young, at that young age, instead of, you know, second guessing my, well, I'm sure I second guessed myself, but to turn to something bigger than me to try to figure life out and, yeah, I, I started praying. It was, and, and I prayed earnestly. I prayed a lot and I asked God, you know, if you are real, give me a sign, anything. And I wanted to pray for him. I wanted to pray for myself and all the troubled kids. And I unceasingly did it every single night. I would be around a campfire at, at the school and, you know, again, being surrounded by nature, my cell phone was away and I would pray and I would journal. And one day I left work and I had an intuition and it was very strong. I don't think I had an intuition like that before, before I started praying. And it, it told me to go down this road. And so it was a dirt road. And I ended up at a swinging bridge. And it was so significant to me because it was a year, my year anniversary of working at Discovery School. 
And a year ago when I was coming, I was on the other side of that swing and bridge stuck. I couldn't get across the swing and bridge because I was in a car. And, um, but now I'm on the other side of the swinging bridge a year later to that day. Oh, that's pretty cool. And I got this hot flash out of the, I just felt so hot. So I went down to the, the water to cool off and there, oh, there was this black bear being sighted around and I really wanted to see that. And funny enough, when I stuck my feet in the water, I heard splashing. I heard splashing. And so I turned my head. And what do you know? What is it? <laughs> it's a black bear. <laughs> it's a black bear. And I'm like, wow, that, that, that's cool. That has to be coincidence. And as soon as I had that doubt that it's coincidence, I had this whoosh flood of emotion just out of nowhere, just come flooding in this feeling of love and appreciation and I was just it, totally elated this emotion out of nowhere like it was poured down upon me and it was in that moment I had no doubts that I was eternally loved by something greater than me and that I had a purpose in life and that God was real and and that's my testimony and I looked I looked up at the swinging bridge and I saw the reflection of the water and I realized, wow, that's like, that's like what the divine is, is reflecting off of each of us. Just like that light is reflecting off that water and onto that bridge. And wow, I wanted to share that with everybody. <laughs> I wanted to share. Of course. I mean, when you have that kind of, of personal experience at such a deep level in the physical and spiritual mixed up as one. Mm -hmm. When the physical and spiritual merge, of mm -hmm. course you want to share it with everybody. Of course you want to, you, you, <laughs> you are so <laughs> much full of joy and love. And oh, so much joy. And, and, and I mean, it's beautiful. And you want to tell everybody, God loves you. Yeah. <laughs> then what happens when you do that? <laughs> yes, exactly. Not I'm trying to tell love. everybody. I'm trying to tell everybody. And I'm so happy that, you know, he answered this prayer. He gave me a sign. And, you know, people just, they can't, they just can't relate. You know, they don't. They don't, yeah, that's kind of crazy. And, and, um, whew, that emotion really, I, I believe is what <sighs> I had my depressions back in high school, those, those dark, those dark moments. And now I had this experience that was so wonderful. It triggered something. Okay. And then that experience with, the the boyfriend and how serious that was but yeah I know there's something greater for me but nobody's believing me and all that turmoil uh I ended up in the hospital I ended up in the hospital <laughs> okay. okay so this was my first this was my first not depression but manic episode Okay, I understand yes. that. And that is when I was diagnosed. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So now, actually, the doctors have enough elements to give you this diagnosis of bipolar 1. 
Yes. Because you went up, you went down, you were, in, you were more up, you went more down. Now you are completely out of work. Okay, so they understand that it is this instability mm-hmm. by this, described by this uh, specific mental illness. Okay. Yeah. So now that you have the diagnosis, now that you are at the hospital, now you're you are like, but God loves me and I know it for a fact. What am I doing here? Something like that, I guess. Right. I, uh, I didn't want to believe I had any mental illness. And in fact, I refused to take my medication at first. And, um, but what happened is... Oh, I have so many stories that uh, I'm going to go in a book for you guys. But um, eventually I ended up in the hospital two other times. Uh, One time I was suicidal, another manic episode after my daughter was born. And, and, you know, everyone telling me, you know, you do have an issue. You should take your medication. You need to work with doctors. And I realized, you know, after... I couldn't hold a stable job and it got really depressing. I had all these hopes and dreams as a child and everything was wonderful. Now it's I'm unstable and I'm unworthy. I feel like I'm unworthy. I'm unstable. I'm, I can't, all those hopes and dreams that I had all these things I wanted to do no longer seemed possible because of the diagnosis. And, you know, it sounds crazy now because I'm, I'm on the other side, but when you're in it, you don't see the, you don't see the light. You see it as, wow, this is, this is a chronic disorder I'm going to have for the rest of my life. These are the symptoms I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. And and it's, and it's awful. So that diagnosis and finally accepting that, um, it didn't empower me. It, it disabled me even more. Mm-hmm. It, I got really depressed and had, even though I was doing everything the doctors asked, mm-hmm. um, my depressed thoughts the intrusive thoughts and the anxiety every single morning of starting my day without having a purpose, having lost that connection. I felt like I lost that connection with God and I could barely get out of bed in the morning. Of course. Could barely get if And thank God for my daughter and my animals. Yes. You know, I probably would stay in bed all day long. And, and often I, I did stay in bed as long as I could and I would take naps. I was sleeping my life away because okay. sleeping was easier than being alive. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, you know how it's silent, you know, people keep that silent. Not, nobody would really truly know what that struggle I was going through. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, the, the posts that you make are the happy times and, and the good things. So people see, they don't see the struggle. Mm-hmm. that you're going through silently mm-hmm. and it was a struggle every single day 
-hmm. Yes. I'm sorry and I recognize you. And this is why we are having this conversation on Real Talk Real Women. To really say, okay, it may look all rosy, all wonderful. What we don't show or don't necessarily show is how hard it can be to live our lives the part that is not shown, the part that is hidden. And oftentimes our thoughts and how we relate to ourselves and to others, if we do not share it, it feels like it does not exist. But the fact is that what you feel is right is what is multiplying in your life. So if you can shift around how what you feel is right, then you have a chance at recovery and mm. a chance at experiencing most days of the year, these gorgeous days. Yes. Yeah, when you really are identifying with those with those characteristics, with those traits, you know, being broken and not having hope. And this is something you have to deal with the rest of your life. Like that's true for you. That's real for you. And, and once you start shifting your mindset, when, so what happens, I have to tell this is it was Christmas of 2021. And I, I wake up, I have that, that, that voice that says, you know, you should have died in your sleep. You're, there's no point in getting up today. And I'm like, this is Christmas for crying out loud. Why I should, shouldn't I be happy? You know? And, and so that was a, 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 an epiphany moment where I thought, could, could I feel better? You know, how is it possible to, I didn't know remission was a word. Is it possible to overcome this disorder? That was, it started as a, just a thought, you know, that, that maybe I could feel a little better. And I went to my grandmother's house for Christmas dinner and my sister hands me a book that I had forgotten my friends had recommended. And you know, this book, it's Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Dispenza. And when I read Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, I was like, maybe that's, maybe that's it. You know, maybe, maybe now I've done all these things to help me, you know, medication and therapy. And maybe a lot of this now is, is just habit. Maybe it's a lot of how I'm identifying. And maybe if I created a new character for myself, if I could reimagine myself and start acting a little differently, maybe maybe actually attempting to improve instead of just accepting that this is the, my reality. Um, maybe I could get out of this at least a little bit, you know? And um, so we made a new, I made a new character for myself. I actually wanted to make a new name, Vera Joy Waters. I made a new Facebook profile. I started friending people that I knew Vera Joy would friend because Vera Joy wasn't broken, bipolar, unstable. She was stable. She was motivational. She was spiritual. She could get up happy in the morning. And I was like, I need to pick just one thing to work on. And I picked wake up happy in the morning. Because <laughs> if I can't wake up happy in the morning, how will I ever have a job? How 
that really, that really, it starts your day. You know, you gotta, you got to be grateful that you're alive. If you're not grateful, what are you doing? You know, but how do I do that? I, I've been depressed and have anxiety for eight years now, you know, after really accepting my diagnosis, I've, I've had this chronically. How, what do I do? And how cool it was when I start, you know, joining these self-help communities. I didn't even know that life coaches existed. I'm sure people who watch this podcast, like, what's a life coach? Go look it up. And um, I discovered Tony Robbins, Abraham Hicks, all these really cool people. And, and through those groups, this woman invites me to a free morning routine. And I was like, oh, that's maybe what I need so I could wake up happy in the morning. And so I joined the free morning routine. <laughs> <laughs> that is your next big shift moment. That what? Yes. I understand that you had have you you have had a series of big shifts, a series of epiphany. All those are important and all those have actually shaped you back to who you truly are, who you oh. are spiritually aligned to be. And that's gorgeous that you are able to pinpoint those shifts regularly. And from what we understand, the last shift is, hey, I want to wake up happy. And what, what happens? Manifestation is on. Universe hears who shows up. Do you want to wake up happy in the morning? Here is your morning routine. Yeah. And it's free, so you don't worry about money. It's one week. It's all good. Let's yep. try that. Oh, I love that you said I'm I'm reconnecting to who I truly am, you know? Yeah. Yes. Who? Oh, that's so beautiful. Mm. Yeah, so the morning routine, it was a week. And then she decided to continue it for whatever reason. And within two weeks, I woke up one morning, I'm feeding my cats, I'm giving my daughter breakfast, I'm walking around, and I said, I woke up without anxiety today. <laughs> I feel normal. What? <laughs> this is not normal to feel normal. <laughs> it, was, it was foreign. I was like, wow, this is like how I felt way back when, like when I was working with the troubled kids and out in nature. And that felt wonderful. And that was have to tell you so during these morning routines we do gratitude affirmations um motivational videos so you're listening to happy things you are you are consuming positivity instead of you know on social media you interact with sometimes we interact with political things and angry things and then we're commenting on it and we're getting angry and we're getting involved in those things and this is different. This is getting involved in something positive and something worthwhile. And then it's first thing in the morning, I'm thinking about what am I grateful for? And I'm <sighs> practicing that instead of waking up and, and, and being so, what's the word, you know, when, when we're just, we're dreading the day yeah, yeah, yeah. about all the things that could go wrong, or you're worrying about all the things that happened in the past, all the anxieties of the past. So you're either in the future or you're in the past. Well, now we're in the present moment. What am I grateful for today? And 
practicing that every day. So when those intrusive thoughts come in on those bad days, you've been practicing it. And you can say, when that voice says, oh, you're unworthy, or, you know, you can't do any better. You're in a relationship. You can't do any better than that. You just got to, you got to, you got to settle. You can say, wait, wait, wait. I am worthy of better. I, I do feel good right now. There are things going good in my life. I am grateful for my heartbeat. I am grateful I have hands. I can walk through nature. You know, I am grateful for these things. And that voice, I can tell it, go away. Go and away. That is not true. What you are telling me, wherever that voice comes from, yourself or freaking somewhere else, I, you know, who knows where those voices come from. But you can tell it because you've been practicing your gratitude to go away. And I'm going to tell you, so. sometimes I say go away in Jesus' name. I'll say it right out loud. Go away in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit be upon me. And then, boom, you know, you're in a better mood. You can go turn on your music, go dancing, get outside, get out in nature or whatever that makes you happy. Create that positive space in your life. So you know that you can, you can come out of these darknesses. I think what you share here is absolute gold. It's a nugget of gold. It's so essential because indeed, when you are able to understand that those intrusive thoughts are like an external mm -hmm spirit, whatever it is, an external thing talking to you, because those thoughts, every time you pronounce them, it's you are, it's someone accusing you to not being worthy. Someone accusing, so it's something external telling you you are. Honestly, when you think about yourself from within, you think I am, you don't think you are. But when you feel you are, tendentially, you want to make that be true. So this is why when you choose what follows I am and you put a positive, uplifting thing after your I am, naturally, tendentially, you want that to become true. So you morph into whatever you put after the I am. This is why the I am sick is not the one you want to say. It's like, you know what? I am blessed. Mm. Even though I may feel like out of it today or under the weather today or whatever, not good. Even though I may feel like that, I am blessed. I am absolutely amazing. I am a beacon of light. Yes. All right. And then what do you do? You naturally, tendentially, whoop, make that come true. This is how we are. <laughs> That's, it's, it sounds so easy. It, is it sounds so easy. It, it takes that. work. It sounds easy, but it takes work. And it starts with that initial thought, that little mustard seed of hope, you know, and that little, that one small intentional act. So you have hope, you know, you, you think it, then you feel it, then you act on it. And it's always little things. And look, before you know it, so my, when I first started making goals um, in these morning routines, they were little things like, I'm going to drink water today. How simple is that? Like, 
I'm going to drink more water today. You know, <laughs> why do we have to remind ourselves to drink water? But we do. And, and now this is over a year now that I started doing this. Um, my goals are be on a podcast. <laughs> my goals are, um, um, create a motivational video on YouTube today so I can inspire people. Uh, what can I do to help others? What, what I, I, I still have those small goals, but I have even bigger goals now. It's just how much it's grown within just one year and how much things change just within two weeks of being intentional of, with my mindfulness. And I, I must say, I still work with my doctors. I still take my medication. I, I do everything that's right, that's good for me, that what I, what I need to do. But the mindfulness is just so, it's so important and, and having that spiritual side. So you're working on your mind. Can't just work on your mind. You got to work on your physical and your spiritual. It yes. all goes together. Yes, it's that, that, that holistic. We are holistic beings. We have multiple bodies. Like every, the physical body, the spiritual body, the emotional body, the mental body, and more. So, the, and, and more. There is more. Yes. But these are just on top of my mind right now. But yes, when we understand that we have those multiple dimensions, we are not just a worker. We are not just a daughter. We are not just a wife. We are a holistic, multidimensional being. And we have to take into account all our dimensions in whatever we do and we are. And you know what? When I started working on all of those things, um, I started sticking up for myself in not just with myself, but now in my relationships and with friends and romantic and and so really working on yourself is the first step into having successful and positive relationships with others and when you work on yourself it ripples into the people around you you know it starts wearing on them too and and, and that's also you have to choose who you associate with too you have to be careful of that because um, that's one other thing is your environment also molds you. So creating a positive space for yourself to pray, to meditate, um, getting rid of anything toxic in your life that, and, and, and again, that's easier said than done. But when you start working on yourself and you start making sure, you know, realizing that you are worthy of good things and you have a purpose and, and all those po those positive things that you know you are, I am, I am worthy of having a strong, healthy relationship. Then you have the power to, to either stay or go and, and choose who you are going to be around and what, what you choose, choose your, choose your, uh, oh, how do I say this? I understand. The people you choose to surround to surround you with, the people you choose to love, and what we said last time, you can choose to love someone at a distance. A distance. 
that that is so true you know just because you love someone doesn't mean you need to stay with them if it's toxic or it's not going right at that time you know things can reconcile things can get better you know keep the hope um but you can love someone from a distance and 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 send them good intentions and 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 pray for them and you know things always work out for good it it always works out for good and speaking your truth and, and being honest with yourself and with others that's and that was part of my healing is I was holding all these stories back, the stories about, you know, the, the, the man that we spoke about earlier and the stories about um, my spiritual experiences and, and the crazy things that happened while at the hospitals. Once I started opening up and sharing those things, I started healing. And then you realize there's other people that are going through the same things. They relate to you and you're not bottling it all in and you're not, you know, I was on that couch in a fetal position so many days, but when I started speaking and opening up and being honest, um, that was another transformation for me. So that's why I have uh, 13,000 followers on TikTok. And <laughs> once I started being vulnerable, um, that's when things started uh, also getting even better. Totally. Amazing. Yeah. Tracy, thank you. You're we welcome. We have a way to connect with you. TikTok is one of them. Uplift with Tracy. That is the way. That's the that hashtag. Is, that's the hashtag. That's the website. That's the link tree. That's probably the TikTok. I, would, I, I wouldn't. I, I'm almost sure of that. Like uplift with Tracy. Tracy, your spelling of Tracy is T R A C Y. Yes. Okay. Tracy Owens. Tracy Ann Owens from upstate New York. Uh, sometimes I call myself the balanced bipolar chick. <laughs> <laughs> That's an identity that might go away eventually, but. Um, you know, I'm trying to connect with people that that are struggling in that in that uh, in that area and be an inspiration to them. They know that they can overcome these things, and that's what I I truly love. I want to elevate people's moods, make them realize that life is is awesome. You can make life awesome. You can have healthy relationships with yourself and with others, and that is what I am so passionate to do and why I'm so grateful that you approached me. You have another podcast called Uplift and I am Uplift with just my business. It's just so, again, it's a, not a coincidence. I no, do not believe it's a coincidence. This was meant to happen and I really, truly appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Tracy. And I'm so, so grateful that we did indeed connect in a way to actually feature and promote you with your uplifting content, with coming victorious on the other side of a nasty mental illness that can keep you down for decades if you let it. But you can choose to not let it, and you are the example of that. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you. Tracy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.